All your base are belong to us. Hello, and welcome to Fake Geek Girls, a podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from both a fan and critical perspective, encouraging the things we love to do better. I'm Missy. I'm a writer, and I took a little vacation, and therefore I did some things. I'm Mary Marketer, and uh, Missy took a vacation, and so I did some things without her. Whoa! I know. Is that allowed? I don't know. Um, but I think all these things I did without her. Whoa. It's true. <laughs> um, Real interesting today. Yes. I Well, one thing I can say, because I don't know how I'm going to start the Eclipse episode yet, um, but let me tell you that Stephanie Meyer never met a dialogue tag that she wasn't ready to use. E- like, this isn't the Twilight episode or the Eclipse episode, and I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but like, I'm reading that right now for the for the podcast, and oh my God, everything is like, I uttered, I murmured, he he gasped. I reminded him. I I don't even know. I she just, wants you to know what's happening. God, it's <laughs> it's one of those pieces of writing advice that you get in like fifth grade. Yeah. Um. And then it, and then like, no, don't stop. just stop. Um. It's like having when you're making a video and having a transition for every scene. Yeah. It re- they really are the PowerPoint transitions of uh of fiction. I will give you a little spoiler, which is that I think Eclipse is the best book in the series so far, and it's also the worst book in the series so far. I'm excited. But you can find out more about that on our Eclipse episode. I think the worst thing about these books is how fucking long they are. They're really long. I am breezing right through Eclipse, though. That's good. Like, I started it Wednesday. I know. I saw how far ahead you are. I was like, wow. Yeah, I started it Wednesday, fully expecting it was going to drag, but you see, this one has a plot. Well, maybe I should read this since I've been reading more, and I can... Uh, well, no, see, the problem when I read and why I've been reading more is I'll get bored and I'll just fucking skip over it. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't do that. Well, there's there's lots of parts you can skip over. Okay. This is the book in which we must learn every character's lengthy backstory. Um, this is not the Eclipse episode. No. I read the first volume of Persepolis uh, by Marjan Satrapi, um, which I actually read a long time ago. Like, I want to say, like... I was going to say, I thought you had read this 2007 before. or 2008. I remember almost nothing about it. I saw the movie, but I, like, legitimately, I don't remember anything about it. Um, and this is a, uh, a series of two graphic novels, or you can get them together, um, about uh, Marjan Satrapi's life growing up in Iran um, under now I should look at what the actual conflict was because I can't remember there was there's like was a, it the early or like the 80s yeah it's it's like the I think the early 80s um, and there's like a series of conflicts uh, that include the like more fundamentalist I guess um, the more like fundamentalist Islamic takeover because it used to be women had a lot like yes were very the, modern it's the Islamic revolution is mm-hmm. what it's specifically called um and it has to do with like a specific period of time like throughout the um I want to say the 80s in her childhood where she kept yeah this 1979 revolution okay. um so she grows up with like a very specific um experience of like having a lot of freedoms and that kind of thing and then all of a sudden and, and it goes into all the historical context for this, which I think is really, really valuable because like many things, it's not something that we're really taught 
in American schools, it's just one of those things that like they don't bother teaching us. And then they give us the impression that like everywhere in the Middle East has always lived the exact same forever. Nothing has ever changed there when in fact it has changed. It talks about like the importance of oil. It talks about the importance of like Western influence and like the and imperialism and and how that affected the people living there. But it's really about her specific experience of growing up with um, political dissidents as parents and how that informed her life. And then, you know, becoming a teenager, like a rebellious teenager, and then kind of having the rug pulled out from under her. Now she has to wear a veil and she's not allowed to push back on ideas and that kind of stuff. Um, She wants to go to protests. Um, but she's living this very teenage life and I really liked it. I mean, I knew I liked it when I read it back in the day. Um, but I think I definitely have more, it's not a patience issue. It's just more of like, I care more about stuff like that than I did in when I was like 19 and I read it the first time. Um, some, some teenagers are more, more invested in the real world and less (laughs) in Holly black novels than I was. Um, but I can only speak my truth, which is that I loved, I loved a fantasy novel more than I loved memoir, graphic memoir. <laughs> um, so I'm really, really glad I reread it. And I picked up the second volume while I was on vacation so that I can reread that one soon. And I'll probably rewatch the movie. Um, Marjan Satrapi has just beautiful artwork. Uh, it's in very stark black and white and it's very cartoony, which like allows her to have these like really like uh, really effective like visual metaphors of like, people in you know like full I can't remember what the full version is called not not the burqa which is like with everything but the eyes covered but the the full version that isn't that um apologies for my ignorance um it has like them like swooping down over her um in school it has like this the very fluid motions of like how she i don't know it's really really effective if you haven't seen or read persepolis it's totally worth a read um especially if like me you are like quite ignorant of the history of iran and just the larger part of the middle east um like the 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 whole region um because it goes so much into like the various factors that contribute to what our perception is of that area now while also being just a story about a teen girl growing up um if you like something like dairy girls you should read it um they're not they're not the same but they are not all that different either they share a lot of things in common as far as like this is about an important conflict in this specific area but it's also a story about being a teenager and um yeah I really liked it it was super super effective really well done I understand why it gets so much praise and I'm really glad that I reread it and I'm excited to rewatch the movie um because I also haven't seen that since it came out whenever that was uh quite I think it was quite a while ago yeah it was a while ago uh the first comic came out in 2000 Persepolis 2 came out in 2004 I definitely read them after that 2007 was when the movie came out so around there I was 18 um so I was a quite a different person then yeah um but yeah very very good absolutely worth reading or watching um I think if you like something like Dairy Girls you're going to appreciate this as well in in terms of like what it's doing in like with history as well as the individual story of an individual person um, I watched Bridgerton 
<laughs> season two, season right? Season two of Bridgerton. Uh, it was different. And uh, so this season uh, focused around, I can't remember people's names, so sorry. Uh, if you are a longtime listener, you know this. Um, the brother of the girl that was focused on last time, and he's kind of taking over the. He's like he's he has taken over the family, and like all their finances and stuff. And now it's time for him to to uh, take on a wife. So he is officially putting himself into season. Um, I I'm sorry. I just wanted to say I did look it up, and the one I was looking for is a. I think it said Chador, which is it covers oh. most of the body. But not the face. Mm. There are there are different types of coverings. Yes. So um, he's trying to find a wife, and then so that's his side, and then the other side is a girl um, and her mother and younger sister. They come. They actually coming back from when they lived in India because um, their mother had actually fallen in love with somebody who was not of high standing, and so they kind of ran off together and disgraced her parents. Blah blah blah. And the the older sister is actually not her actual daughter but the um husband who's now passed his daughter but she but they but she treats her as her daughter so it's essentially her mother and you know it's her sister no matter what and they come for the sole purpose of finding her little sister a match and uh you go through 99 percent of this freaking <laughs> this freaking show with her sister and the guy being the match um not that they they clearly are not a good match and he is clearly lusting after the sister who is just a badass um she 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 first find her when she's just riding riding horses alone um in the early morning which a woman alone scandalous um a huge difference between this season the previous season is the amount of sex in the first season there's copious amounts of it um in this season you only see sex between the two main characters once um and it's towards the end and man is it gratifying like you're waiting this whole the whole season's like are they gonna touch are they gonna look at each other like the suspense and the build-up i thought was really good which i thought is so interesting in comparison to the first season i was watching john oliver and he has this one segment that is called like and now this which is just essentially some random thing that's happening a lot of and this one was news local news anchors talking about the new season of Bridgerton and it was just a ton of them trying to work around saying there's not as much as much sex and it's just that and then like being like it was good but you know it was missing the you know <laughs> and it's just like way to out yourself on being so horny <laughs> um, it truly was like let's make Pride and Prejudice hornier and more modern mm-hmm. and um, with way more storylines as well on i'm sorry can i interrupt very briefly yes. just to provide a brief update for everybody who i know is on the edge of their seats <laughs> uh the courtship has gotten a lot better <laughs> so if you if you want the reality show version of bridgerton you gotta stick through like the first three episodes which are pretty dull and then i think episode four and five are the ones we just watched way better way more drama there's like a fucking villain now i mean Ooh. he's not he's not a villain villain but he's like clearly the he clearly sucks and everybody knows he sucks except the main girl who's like i don't know i kind of like him so there's like now there's like a there's like a love square well everybody loves her but like 
there's like the guy she had chemistry with from the beginning. Then there's the new guy she has chemistry with. And then there's this guy that she likes, even though he's a dick. <laughs> and so like, it's way juicier. There was a fight in the last episode. It's choice, choice drama. Anyway, continue with, with Bridgerton. Um, this, the first season obviously was like kind of like enemies to lovers, but it was very quick. Um, resolution. This one's not um pretty far in they have this they ha- they're screaming at each other and she's like i'm going back to india and he is like that is not far enough because i can think of nothing but you <laughs> it's so good it was really good i very much enjoyed their relationship i do wish i got more of them together um but i also i because we didn't get more of them together we got more of them fighting which was super good um like i love a good sexually frustrated croquet game Mm -hmm. i love it i love it um that was great i loved it um and then the side stories which i'm so i'm worried about how they're going to handle these one of which is um the one girl that runs spoilers for the first season the one girl that writes the gossip column she is a fat girl who is treated not great because of how she looks. Is she is she the one who's played by the wee lesbian? Yes. Okay. Yes, she's great. She's great. Who's also in Harlots. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. She's in season two. Okay. So, yes, she's the wee lesbian. I um, I, she has a name in real life, but to me, she will always be the wee lesbian. Yes, yes. Um, she is, really likes one of the brothers in this, um, and he, like, treats her like a friend, but it does kind of feel like more than that like he writes to her a lot when he's on vacation and stuff like that and then spoilers um like towards the end he's talking to a bunch of guys and he's like absolutely not i would never get with her and i'm just like are we not gonna give her anything like anything anything at all everybody gets something and you're not gonna give her anything i'm assuming that she eventually does get a lot of interest maybe he's lying to the lads you know what though i don't like him so She deserves better. She deserves better, but she also just deserves somebody to like her. She's funny, um, but she does have a big fight with her best friend, who is the sister of the main guy, um, who is just my favorite. She doesn't want to go into season. Uh, She doesn't want to get married. She just wants to read um, politics. She talks about Mary Wollstonecraft, and I'm just like, yes, I love this girl. She gets a crush on the boy who prints... Um, political stuff mm-hmm. and like they go to like political rallies together and oh I I saw I saw a spoiler on TikTok they do not get together and it is it sounds like she gets with a high society person which I'm sure when that happens I'll be okay with it but I just love her and this boy is who, that in the books in the books oh, okay I guess her book um is not great like because I think she ends up getting with a high society person, so it kind of goes against everything that she's been fighting for. Because mm. um, she she's just not great at anything. Um, but she's great. She's my favorite character. So it was good. I liked it. I, I don't know if it was... Um, I don't know if it was great. I, I feel the same way about the first season. It was fun and it was good. But it had like that sex going for it that really drove the what's going to happen next. And this one had the like, anticipation, which I don't think everybody could get behind because they were expecting something else. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it was really good. I liked the character. I liked the main character. I liked her so much more. <laughs> she was so much more interesting. Um, and she was so much more in charge of... like who she is because she's like 26 
and like she's considered an old maid <laughs> um and yeah i liked it i thought it was good it was fun i can't wait for you to watch it and i want to see hear what you have to say about it we'll be drawing a new show out of the jar soon although russian doll season two starts up in four days so <laughs> i saw that I can't fucking wait. Are you going to just watch that and then pull? Probably. I can't. I don't think you understand how good Russian Doll is. I know. I should watch that. It's so fucking good. Uh, speaking of things that are really dishy, but not necessarily very good. I finished Harlots. Um, so season three, it got canceled. There's no season four. I think they actually did a pretty good job of wrapping it up. Um, all things considered. I was not deeply satisfied by the ending, which I won't spoil in case anybody wants to watch it. Um, it certainly, it set things up in a way that I wish there was a season for, but I don't, I didn't like that. I didn't get justice. I wanted to see some fucking justice. This is not my show about realism. I want to see justice. Um, I also really liked, so this season in this season, uh, lady Quigley, whatever. I don't know if if she's, she's Quigley, Mrs. Quigley, whatever the fuck she is in bedlam sucks to be her um she's thrown in bedlam because she's a bad person and you don't feel bad for her but it really did the skins thing where uh for a while i nobody deserves to be in bedlam not even mrs quigley uh it was so bad so i did feel sorry for her for a little bit but then she gets out and she decides to be a horrible person again and i was like put her back in (laughs) fuck that bitch (laughs) so uh it, at the same time, you have Charlotte running um, the brothel that formerly belonged to her mother. Um, Lucy is there now as like the most prized sex worker in London. I mentioned that in our last, I think, what we've been up to, where she's like making all the men compete for her attention. Love that for her. So glad about the Lucy character assassination from season one because she was so so dull. You in this season. So at the end of season to you have Liv Tyler's character whose name I can't remember it's like Lady Isabella insert wild wildly pretentious not pretentious wildly like not pompous posh British last name here like Lady Isabella Wilkington or something like that (laughs) Um, that's not what it is but it's something like that Um, she ruins everything they have they have evidence to get all of the bad men in trouble like they have it and she fucking ruins it because she just really wants to punish one of them so that's and then everybody forgave her and that was that was the part where i was just kind of like we're all just gonna forgive the fact that she sold you like you could have had all three of them and now you only got one of them why um so i wasn't about that uh but there i don't i don't even know it's now been a few weeks since i finished the show so yeah Season three was pretty good. I don't think it was as good as season two, which was like the equivalent of unput downable. Like Mm -hmm. we couldn't stop watching it. It was, it was so addictive. Um, Season three was pretty good. Oh, the, the big, one of the other big things is that Lucy ends up buying golden square, which is Quigley's old brothel. She ends up buying that house with this new woman who comes to town um, who is running a Molly house, which is effectively like a a brothel for gay men, but like under the guise of it being like a tailoring place. Um, so 
you come in for, you know, to get your outfit fitted. And then if you use the magic words or whatever, then you also have, you know, a man to hook up with. Um, So that's going on. There's a lot going on in this season. There's now another new judge or magistrate or whatever. There's another new cop in town. Um, This one's better than the last one because he's not such a coward. Um, Does he do a good job? No. Do they ever? No. Um, But you know what? It was still enjoyable. Like, there's no words for this show other than it being, like, fucking dishy. But, like, it's not actually that good. But, God, it's fun to watch. It's pretty. And it is. The costumes. I love it. One thing, so I'm not big on Regency era costumes. Like that's, I know everybody loves Bridgerton and the outfits, but guys, I fucking hate an empire waist. I hate it. That's all there is. I hate it because it would look terrible on me. So I don't like to look at them. I have (laughs) big boobs and a big waist. I cannot do an empire waist. It's not going to, or I have big hips. It's not going to look good on me. And so I see, I see Regency era outfits and I go, really? Um, one of the things I like about Harlots, those outfits would look good on me. <laughs> I can wear those, but I mean, I won't, but like you could, I could. And so I'm like, that's objectively better because it would look good on me. Whereas the outfits in Bridgerton are not as good because they wouldn't look good on me. <laughs> I also have this complaint about the courtship. The outfits in Bridgerton, those weights so high are just like everything about the outfits are really good. Except that that also look awful on the wee lesbian oh yeah that's all i can remember her name as yes Um, the wee lesbian terrible on her and it's just like but you know what she looks great in harlots (laughs) she's just really pretty and people are really awful to her but she's getting a bunch of modeling gigs and Mm -hmm. so um she's just great she should get all the acting she's so cute she is she's just so good cute yeah um so harlots if you need a good dishy show and you're not like as i mentioned last time there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of sexual violence. They are key to the plot. They will happen often. If you can handle something like that and you want a show that you just can't stop watching, Harlots is good for that. And you like a beautiful costume. Um, but it, it's not it's not like really good. <laughs> but it sure is fun. Um, I'm going to talk about both these books because they are sequels and the third one in um, a series. So last time I talked about Fixer Up by Tessa Bailey, um, I read the second and the third one in the series uh, by Tessa Bailey. The second one was called Love Her, Lose Her. And that was about, um, so in the, in the Fixer Up, three girls create the, um, the club with the women and they get together and try to better their lives together and it's um the three women i don't know the clown the girl who makes food and the and the really um posh girl that's all i can remember. i can't remember names um so the second one is about the woman who wants to open a restaurant her marriage um who she's only been with him since high school they got married like at graduate they got engaged at graduation married really early they don't have any kids um but they're life and marriage have just kind of hit a rut of like they only have sex once a week and when they do it's like clockwork it's the same time the same way every time but i will but they point out it's very good sex if you are in the discord you will see uh, i haven't responded i I did respond to it um tessa bailey is very good at dirty talk that is something (laughs) she's very good at love it when it's a clown (laughs) You should just read that one. It's so easy and fun. Um, so she's so the sex they're having is very good, um, but but 
there's no like real emotion behind it. And so she says, I'm gone. I'm leaving. I'm going to go live with, um, with a really pretty girl and um, not because they're dating, but um, <laughs> because that's where she, it's her friend. I'm going to go live with a really pretty girl now. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die because like she's my ever like he's she is everything to him and he grew up in a family where the way you show appreciation is by taking care of somebody it isn't necessarily words and where she grew up in a family that was very affectionate everything was like food was really emotional and like you, you always told you loved each other and so he was always taking care of her all the bills were paid they had the house um he would do things that she didn't know about to like keep her safe or take care of her so he, he would go out early to warm up her car and then turn it off and go back to bed because he knows that she won't go do, she won't let her car warm up. Um, And then he also pays a security guard um, at the mall she works at to make sure she gets to her car. Okay. At night. And she didn't know these things were happening because he just felt, he's like, they're not things that I should um, be praised for because it's just what you do. Um, so it's a lot of them like figuring this, their relationship out and they go to this therapist who is just always high and just really, they, there's this one scene where they have to go build a tent together and then they build the tent in the campsite and then the therapist shows up with two ladies and he's like, thanks guys. And then he goes, has sex with the two ladies in the tent. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, that would be more than I need to know about my therapist. <laughs> it was, a, the therapist was really weird and that is part of it that reminds me of now i wonder if i'm the first person ever to compare tessa bailey to tom robbins but (laughs) that sounds like some tom robbins ass shit the the therapist was very weird he was very weird um he also wouldn't allow them to have sex which was great because then it had all this tension (laughs) um but it, I really liked it. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about a marriage that was having a hard time. Like um, a lot of these books, Tessa Bailey specifically, is really easy to get lost in like super easy. And like a marriage falling apart isn't super easy. Like if someone's going to get together or they're not going to get together like that, that's like fine. But like a marriage that has fallen apart, you're already going in bad. Um, but she made it really fun and, and, and nice to read and I really like stay together in the end, of course. And I really liked that one. So the one that came after that was about the posh girl who is the sister of the clown. And she, <laughs> that's what they should have called the books. This is sister, sister of, of the, the clown. clown. <laughs> this one calls is called tools of engagement. I was really curious about this one too, because it is an age gap, but she's 30 and he's like 23. Um, so it's, it's the reverse of what you typically see. Um, and he has a, a kid that he has to take care of and he's from Texas and he always wears a cowboy hat <laughs> and they just are at each other's throats all the time and it gets him going and he loves it. And I love that about them. Um, this one was okay. It wasn't my favorite, obviously in the series. I kind of checked out towards the end. Um, she, she ends up helping him with the, his, niece that he's taking care of because his sister his half sister is um essentially a drug addict and just kind of bailed they both come from the foster system and yeah it's just them you know getting to know each other fighting a lot um she ends up on a reality show because she is flipping a house for the first time and her brother has the business doing it and he's like you can't do it and she's like, well, watch me and then somehow I can't remember how they end up on a like a TLC reality show of 
family flip or something like that. I don't know. But um, it was okay. It was okay. It was it was pretty predictable in what was going to happen. Um, and it was a nice story. And I really liked their arguing. But, um, and, and again, the dirty talk was real good. You want some dirty talk? That's Tessa <laughs> Bailey. Um, and it's not like... It's it is it's really good, but it doesn't go into like super vulgar. So if you're really like, well, okay, I shouldn't say that. Depending on what you're reading, <laughs> these I think these ones for the most part don't. Um, but it's still very good. Uh, but yeah, it was okay. I I really I Fixer Up is probably like one of, like top twenty favorite books, um, and then uh, the other two are okay. I read Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, which you have heard about on this podcast before, very briefly, because Mary didn't want to spoil anything for me. Um, This is a book that takes place in the 1950s and follows Noemi, um, a, like, young adult um, who likes to party and flirt with the boys, um, whose cousin, whose name I have forgotten, unfortunately, uh, marries into this wealthy white English family. Um, and her, uh, Noemi and her father receive a concerning letter from the cousin, um, that like, <laughs> it talks about stuff like they're in the walls and it just sounds very disconcerting. It's so good. So Noemi travels to stay with her cousin in this, uh, remote manor house, like da- if, in the English style, like they straight up brought soil from England to make it as English as possible. Um, And it used to be a mining town, but an epidemic wiped out most of the miners and she gets to this house and it's totally fucking dilapidated and it's a mess. It's moldy. It's gross. Um, Moreno Garcia really hit the Gothic on the head, like, and the, and the Mexican part, like the title is very evocative of what goes on in this book. It is explicitly about eugenics. It is about exploitation. It is about privilege. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much of it because it is, it has some like really good twists and turns. It's so much. It's so good going in knowing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very effective. If you know, like if you're familiar with Gothic fiction, like you can kind of see some of it um but i think i think that putting it in this new setting uh because most gothic fiction is like very new england or england (laughs) so having having this like decaying english manor in this mexican country town um country meaning like out in the middle of nowhere not mexican country um (laughs) I think that was really effective too and really works thematically. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really effective. I think I would have liked it a smidge more had it not been young adult. I don't think it is considered young adult. And it follows a traditional young adult arc. I could see it being shelved in fantasy or horror, but market-wise, it feels like a young adult book to me. That's that's ex- that's how I would describe it. It feels like it plays out as I would expect a young adult novel to play out. How old is she? I she, I think she's like 20 ish she doesn't feel that old cuz she just wants to go to college. Yeah, you go to college when you're 18. I thought she Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, I guess she's supposed to be 22. She doesn't read as 22 to me. Really? No. She read as like 18. I would say 18 or 19. Um it just it, it it's not a bad book by any stretch no, of the imagination. Right. I really liked reading it. It's probably one of my favorite books. Of all time. Um there were just there were parts of it where things were settled a little too nicely where 
I, I didn't, I don't know. I like Noemi as a protagonist, but I wanted more flaws from her. Um, she felt a little too, she had it together a little bit too much. I wanted a little more indulgence or like that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I could say, like, I feel like her previous life to this, you would have seen more of that. But what you do see is not that because she's so focused on doing yeah, something. Which is, I think, I think if the book had been a little bit longer and um, a little bit darker, mm-hmm. I would have liked it a little bit more. I, d- I really liked it, though. Like It was terrifying to I me. Really, really, there is a lot of horror, though. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, it I just, like... I think it would have been, it would have bumped it from like a four star to a five star book for me had she been a little, like a little less good at things, uh, a little more indulgent if it was a little bit longer and if it didn't have, I'm not going to spoil anything, but if the ending wasn't wrapped up quite so neatly. Well, you can tell that it was good because you want it to be longer. Yeah, well, I don't mind a long book. I mind a long movie a lot, but I don't mind a long book. I'm really, I've, I can't remember if they're making a TV show or a movie off of it, but they are making one of those two, and I'm very interested to see how they're going to do it, and yeah. I hope they keep it gross. I think, so now that I'm thinking about it, I think the thing, the dis- the descriptions, like the body horror and stuff, because there is elements of body horror mm-hmm. in this book, um, there's, definitely read the content warnings on this one before oh, yeah. before you read it, because like... Especially if you're not used to like a horror yeah, for sure. It, it. I was laughing as I was reading. I was reading it on the plane. This is a freak because I'm a little freak. I was reading on the plane and I kept laughing. Um, not because, not because like it was like poorly written or anything, or it was particularly funny. It's just because I I pick the worst things to read and watch on planes. Like if anybody looks over my shoulder at what I'm reading or watching, it's always like some fucked up. In this case, it was like really gross body horror. In the past, it's been watching Suspiria on the plane. I found this TikTok, this girl who does a series. I should have saved it. Uh, she's a flight attendant and she just talks about what people read on the plane. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if they're over 55, they're reading James Patterson. Doesn't matter. I don't know what's about what it's about, but they are. Yeah. So I was just, I was laughing at it, but it's like really it's really effective. So good, it's really I love effective. The body eugenic horror. stuff because I yes. thought they put that in there so. It was well. great. It was great, especially like with how it feeds into the the gothic themes. Like that, it was it was an expertly crafted novel. There there are parts of it that I wish were a little bit different. Um, I really thought that like the ending, and again, I won't spoil any of the specifics. I thought it was going in a direction like the ending or like the last maybe third of Get Out. Um, which I was rooting for because I wanted, I, I just, when I come to Gothic fiction, I don't expect a pure happy ending. It's kind of like how I feel about folk horror. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't don't want a happy ending. I don't want a neat and tidy bow. I want things to be a little, um, I want, I want to be left with some uncertainty and I want to be unsettled. And in this case, like it didn't quite get there for me in terms of the ending. It was quite unsettling. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It was unsettling, but the ending was was pretty neat and tidy. Um, so I would have liked a little bit more uh, texture there. But overall, it was a great book. It was really enjoyable. Um, do check the content warnings on it um, because there were like, they're difficult to quantify exactly what was going on, but there was definitely some sexual aggression there was and you could argue sexual assault yeah it's yeah it's complicated we'll say yeah it's complicated it's complicated and you never really know for sure yeah so like there's that in there there's a lot of grotesque body horror eugenics like racism racism like it's there's a lot going on i think it is all handled extremely effectively with all of its complications um now that i'm 
I can see why you wouldn't think it's YA, but it feels like dark YA to me. I mean, you would know more than I would. So <laughs> I trust you. Well, you're not. You're. It doesn't seem to be being classified as YA, but I don't think her other stuff is YA. I so. saw it. I saw it repeatedly while I was on vacation. I saw somebody reading it. I saw it. At, I went to several different bookstores really? and I saw it at every bookstore. Um, it was everywhere. So you would think that I would have paid attention to where it was shelved. It but was I probably didn't. shelved in like not. Section, it was probably so. fantasy, it was, it, well, and, it was, and it was on end caps. Yeah, it was probably on end caps mostly. And I saw a California summer goth reading it. Good. I love California. Shout out to every California summer goth. You're so brave, and I love it. Um, it's it's it feels like summer down in California. It's not technically summer, but uh, it always feels like summer. It's true, except for the last day when it was pouring down rain. Um, but yeah, it was really really good. It makes me want to check out the author's other books. This one I think was just like top to bottom so effective, so deftly weaving themes of gothic horror in with um like the sp- like specifically with racism and eugenics in just really effective way i think the author really hit it out of the park there um the only reason i have complaints about it is because the rest of it was so good and i just want it to, i want it to just be slightly better you know <laughs> missy wants everyone to suffer i wouldn't be i wouldn't be nitpicking about it had I not loved the book it's so it's such a good book and I really feel like it's one of those books where like there's no reason I should have liked it it was so slow (laughs) I don't like a slow book I love dialogue but that book the slowness I feel and I've seen this the that be a complaint that it's too slow but I feel like if it wasn't slow like that it wouldn't have the same effect yeah no for sure you needs to be there is it you can have a slow book because the book is not plotted well and you can have a slow book that is using slowness deliberately and this is a book that is extremely deliberate about its pacing I actually didn't find it slow I described it as medium paced um but I, I read a lot yeah, you do. So, and I like to read a lot of stuff that just real quick. You like to read a lot of briskly paced yes, novels. Briskly, lots of dialogue. Yeah, I liked. I like a fuck. I'm reading. So I'm reading the Secret History right now, which I should have finished by the next time. Now, if you want to talk about slow pacing, I've read that book for hours and hours and hours, and I'm only like 200 pages in. I have read because I'm reading and savoring every word. I've been reading eclipse for three days <laughs> and i have a hundred pages of a 600 page novel left like it's crazy the pace like pacing can be deliberate um and i think that i found uh i found mexican gothic to be like medium paced it, it certainly it's slower than you know i don't know i'm trying to think of like an action-packed book and i can't think of any but um it's slower than you know some books but it's the pacing I think felt deliberate and um, and very purposeful, but a lot, especially when you get to like the last third of it, shit's happening constantly. Oh, it's intense! <laughs> like, like you're like what? I I finished I finished the book right, literally as our plane touched down in California, which was an exciting time to finish a book. <laughs> like I turned to the acknowledge acknowledgements page as the runway as we hit the runway. That's crazy. Um, but yeah. Very effective. I think it was super good. Um, I watched the movie X, which is an A24 movie and directed by Ty and written by Ty West, who has done basically nothing. Um, Ty West, so he's done a lot of like one episodes of things, a lot of horror. Um, so like two episodes of Wayward Pines, an episode of um, Exorcist. So the, I, this is one of his only movie movies, but he's done stuff. Anyways, the movie is called X, and it's, it takes place like in the 70s, I believe. And it's about this group of people 
who work in, uh, I think, I believe they, almost all of them work at a strip club, except for one guy who's played by Kid Cudi. I think that's how you say his name. I'm so sorry if that's not. Um, Brittany Snow is in it. Jenna Ortega is in it. I love Jenna Ortega. She is, um, she was in You. She was um, in the new Scream movie. She's just, I just really like her. And then there's another girl. I can't remember her name, something goth. Anyways, so those are, and then some dude. Um, and they go and they kind of rent out this old home that's on the property of this this couple in the middle of nowhere to film a porno. And it's going to be what makes them rich. It's going to be what makes her a star. And she's like, <laughs> it begins with like her doing a bunch of coke and then looking in the mirror and be like, you're a goddamn sex symbol. And it's just like, it's just ridiculous. Um, and then, you know, it turns out uh, they're not such nice people. And uh, the old lady, real horny, real horny, doesn't care who it's with, real horny, tries to, like, sexually assaults people, and then kills them. Um, it was a wild, weird ride. Uh, it's, there's lots of, you know, if you're uncomfortable watching very old people have sex, I don't know if this is the movie for you. Because um, it was wild. There was an alligator. <laughs> um... <laughs> It was good. There, there. It's not. It's like a horror movie, but it's definitely. I don't. I don't know if I'd call it folk horror, but I definitely feel like there's like somebody. Like there was an absolute influence of folk horror in this. If it's like folk horror was a porno, I don't know. But um, I really liked it. I thought it was good. It was weird. There's going to be I a second one. There might be a trilogy. The second one is about the old woman um, when she was younger. Uh, so it's called Pearl. So I'm excited to um, watch that. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. If you know, you want to watch some people have sex, get to do that, including some old people. Um, and Brittany Snow is very funny in it. And yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Another good A24. Nice. Have you seen the trailer for the new one? Marcel the Shell with Shoes on? Is that the one where there's lots of body horror going on? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> After this, we're watching the trailer for Marcel the Shell with shoes on so you can understand the absurdity of what just happened. Bob showed it to me. I can't remember what it's called. But then he looks at me and goes, body horror's back, baby. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, I read Queer, which is an anthology edited by Rob Kirby. Um, this is an anthology of 33 comics by queer creators uh the the three they're the ee in queer is three three um i don't know where this came from i it i think i might have gotten it at a burlesque show i literally i know i got this book and i did not purchase it i think it might have been included at in a gift bag at a burlesque (laughs) show i went to and that's how it it ended up on my bookshelf that's amazing um But this is an anthology of different, uh, some are fictional, some are memoir. It's different comics about different aspects of queer life. Um, There's comics about like the the role of something like RuPaul's Drag Race in queer culture and like the the differing like opinions on that. There's like a fiction comic that's like a a noir. There's um, a lot of autobio stuff. it was pretty good. Like I read it pretty quickly. It's not super long. Um, and, uh, it's, it's always like, 
since I grew up in a small town that didn't have like queer culture, um, in our town, you could definitely get beat up for being gay. And growing up, um, I didn't really have access to like queer spaces. That just wasn't something that like I knew about or even would have participated in just given my own personal feelings. Um, so there's a lot of like aspects of, of growing up as a, as a queer kid and then also existing as a queer adult that like, I just don't, I'm not familiar with. Um, and this was really interesting in that respect. Uh, it was, it's always interesting to me to see like the kind of lives that other people live. And, um, this is really good at showcasing that, especially because like, obviously like my life as a queer person is only one person's life. Um, and I've lived, you know, like as a, as a bisexual woman, I've lived a very different life from many other bisexual women. Um, so I enjoy seeing how different people have lived and experienced queerness, even though some of the stories are quite sad, especially because they're from older adults, um, like now maybe in their forties and fifties, as opposed to me in my early thirties. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really effective. If you're interested in like that kind of different perspectives of life as a queer person, um, there's a there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I liked it. It is not an A24 movie, the one I was talking about. For some oh. It is by um, the guy that did The Fly and... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. David Cronenberg, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Crimes of the Future. Yes, 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 yes. I haven't watched the trailer yet. Oh, it's fucked. Cronenberg uh, <laughs> is like the daddy of, of body horror. Well, this is... I mean, the, the trailer was difficult to watch. Good. As it should be. <laughs> um, um, last thing I have is Secrets of Playboy, which was a docuseries about the women who um, were playmates. And so Missy and I grew up watching Girls Next Door and loved it. Um, Bridget, Holly, and Kendra. And so, like, there's this, like, I was really interested to to watch it to hear about what the women had to say. I had read Holly's book when, uh, when it came out a while ago, and she had talked about how it was actually, like, terrible. Um, and, wow, the docuseries is really difficult to watch. So difficult. If you're thinking about watching it, really check the the trigger warnings because it is some of the most grotesque things I've heard men do to women. Like, just obviously, like, there's lots of drugging. Um, Bill Cosby was there a lot. There's torture, um, potentially bestiality that was happening. Wow. Um, and, I mean, it's just lots of women who are raped, violently um and it was really interesting because they talked a lot about how Hugh Hefner was like uh, always talking about uh, empowering women and how this was supposed to make women feel more empowered and a lot of the women talked about how they went in and chose to do this because it made them feel that way and in the end um some of them still felt like felt that way but they felt that empowerment was taken advantage of Mm -hmm. um, and taken away and used to create money because they wouldn't have any rights to those, to those um, photos. So they would make $15,000 off of the, off of a photo shoot, but they would get it in increments of, of like three different times of the year or something Mm -hmm. like that. So like not much money really. Um, And then they, those photos can be used at any time, anywhere for whatever purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually they started doing the same thing with, uh, filming because Playboy had its own uh, TV channel 
and same thing they would be able to show it whenever they wanted and the girls they would get them high and then have them sign these contracts or they'd be really young and they'd be in the middle of a shoot and have them sign these contracts and it's difficult for these women to like actually say actually read these contracts and have a say in what the in what they're agreeing to because one they're young but two they're replaceable Mm-hmm. So it's like if they don't do this, they're not going to get it, and it, that's just that because they'll find somebody else who will do it. Um, so it was it was really it was empowering to watch these women for the first time be able to come forward and talk about the things that they had experienced, but it was also really difficult to watch because of the things that they had experienced. Um, one of the most the grossest things that they talked about was a woman who her father was Hugh Hefner's best friend. She grew up at the um, Playboy Mansion, like from age like five. She, uh, when she became an older teenager, she actually fell in love with one of the playmates. Uh, Hugh Hefner found out about this and brought them both into his bedroom. Yikes. Um, This is somebody she like looked at as an uncle. Uh, She eventually ran out of the room. And because um, she didn't want to do that. Like, first of all, I don't think she was interested in men. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, it was like a family member. Um, and like, like, there was a ton of absolutely gross things that happened. But from like reading, like, come, ugh, it was just so gross to like have to listen to her, this, this girl talk about all these wonderful times that she had there and then have it all ruined by, by that and, and have it like this love that she had created with this other woman manipulated. So it was, there's lots of drugs going on. There's lots of rape going on. Um, it was really good. It was super, super good. If you're at all interested in it, I highly suggest it. But please read the trigger warning. Some of it is like one of the women, women she was, uh, and they name names. Like mm-hmm. they name names. Uh, she, I can't remember who it was, but it was a popular actor. She was taken and held captive in his house and um, I'm not even going to mention the things that he did to her because they're just disgusting. And, um, yeah, they, half the time they wouldn't protect the woman. They wouldn't do anything. Sometimes they would, but they, they really wouldn't, they wouldn't do anything. Um, and they kept these women in their place. And some of the women were used to, um, course other women. So like Mary, who is like the secretary, she was like the keeper of the drugs. She helped um, get women into Hugh Hefner's room. Like she was just not a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sucks because you watch the show and you're like, he feels like an okay dude. She feels like a lady. Like they, like this feels okay. It absolutely was not. Yeah, it super wasn't. I guess the Hefner family does not own Playboy anymore. Um, and whoever does, there's always like a part at the end when they're like, um, they don't own this anymore, and we believe these women. Um, but that's the only statement that they really talk about. And um, yeah, it was, there were some murders that happened that were oh. really sad. Um, but yeah, I highly suggest it, but I highly suggest looking at the trigger warnings because it, it gets really messed up, like really messed up. Um, the fact that that happened to anybody is just awful. Yeah. Awful. Uh, on an entirely different note, uh, I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once, um, which is the new movie. It's an A24 movie directed by the Daniels. Um, it's directed by two two people named Daniel, um, starring Michelle Yeoh. Uh, I'm going to give just the briefest plot summary. Mary hasn't seen it yet, and she desperately needs to see it because she's going to like it. Um, it is a movie about the family of Michelle well, it's mostly about Michelle Yeoh, but it's also about her family. Um, 
She runs a laundromat with her husband. Um, she immigrated to the U.S. Is that the guy from the Goonies? Yes, it is. Um, uh, who hasn't done anything? Yeah, he hasn't done much. But oh my God, he's great. Um, they immigrate to the U.S. when they're very young and open a laundromat. And she, they're being audited by the IRS um, for reasons um they're being they're being audited and so like the movie opens with everybody very stressed out um her daughter whose name is joy is dating a woman and um evelyn's father is visiting and she everybody's on edge because the father is visiting and they're being audited and joy is dating a woman and it's like how is the more traditional father going to react to all of this he's very critical um They've got a big party coming up. Like there's all of this kind of stress crashing down on them. Uh, if you've seen the trailer, you can see that it gets fucking wild. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely does get fucking wild. Like I've given you the summary. What the summary that I have given you is of a fairly like um, a fairly normal family drama. This is not a fairly normal family drama. This is like, I loved this movie. I loved every minute of this movie. Um, I, you know, like people say you laughed, you cried. Like I sure did. I laughed. <laughs> I cried. I laughed really hard. I cried really hard, like painful crying. Um, I, you know, contemplated existence and meaning. <laughs> um, it was so good. I understand like they make comparisons with between this movie and the matrix like it was it was i'm sure it was inspired by the matrix um and i can see why the matrix never really resonated with me but this movie definitely did um i loved every minute of it i thought it was so incredible um i do love michelle yo how can you not um the costumes the woman who does not age the woman who does not age the costumes were amazing um, just absolutely it's hop to bottom amazing movie it's two and a half hours long it 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 could have gone on longer as far as I'm concerned which is high praise for me because I fucking hate watching a long movie and I saw it in the theater um, but I loved it it was so 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 good every it deserves the praise that it's getting um, it's so funny and it's so just like moving is maybe I mean it is moving but moving is not like moving if I say it's moving, I think you get a different idea of of what it's doing. But it's just so good. I can't express how this. fucking good it is. Um, so if you have the opportunity, you should go see it. It's extremely, extremely good. Um, yeah, I loved it. Can't wait to read a thousand essays about it. Um, so that's it for this episode. Uh, you can find us online at fakeygirlscast.com, which has all of our previous episodes, as well as a link to our podcast network, Penwich Studio, where you can check out lots of other great shows. Um, if you like this, consider supporting our Patreon, where you can get rewards like our Austin Powers episode. It's good. Um, where we didn't do an out Well, I did an outline, but it was only like eight bullet points, and they were really short. It was like a what we've been up to outline. Um, you can also get rewards like commissioning us to do an episode on a topic of your choice. Um, or mail or access to our live streams, whatever you want. Not whatever you want. We didn't do everything, but there's a lot of different rewards that you can get. Oh, God. Mary. Sorry, this girl's putting coffee over a honeycomb and what looks like whipped cream. <laughs> um, next time, we're going to be finishing up Fruits Basket. We'll be talking about the remaining chapters of the manga as well as the new anime series, which started in 2019. After that, we're going to be doing Eclipse. I think we were supposed to be doing St. Maud. 
but I messed up the order. Well, I thought we were doing a clip, so. I don't know what we were doing. I screwed something up. I'm sorry. Let me, um, did you mess it up on the, where would you have mess? I don't know. It's a, it's a clips on the um, calendar. Is it? Yep. Okay, maybe I, maybe I was right. Anyway, maybe we're doing right. a clips next. Yeah, I thought we were. After Eclipse, we're going to be doing St. Maud. Oh, I'm so excited. I After St. Like Maud, we're going to be doing The Matrix. St. Maud, another one that's really slow. <laughs> and then after The Matrix, we are probably going to be doing Pushing Daisies just based on where the poll stands right now. Um, I'm fucking jazzed about Pushing Daisies. I can't wait. I love Pushing Daisies so much. How jazzed are you to do something that is just uh, a movie? Oh, I'm really excited. <laughs> I can't wait. That's why I'm like getting. I'm I'm trying to get as ahead as possible so that I like don't have to cram all the research into the last yeah. week. Um, that's why I'm reading Eclipse now, even though that episode won't be for like a month. Um, yeah, so that's what's coming up for us. That's it. All right, catch you on the flip side.